everyone. My name is Katherine Yazzie, and this podcast is called It's Okay to Love Yourself. I've had an idea for this podcast for about a year now, um, and honestly, I've been hesitant, a little scared <laughs> to do something like this, and I think that now, um, you know, I've definitely grown a lot in the last year and feel ready to put this out there. Um, it's something that I feel really, really strongly about, um, that, that being self-love and self-acceptance and just how important that is for everyone to have, to live a really full, amazing life. Um, and my idea for this podcast is that I want to interview different people and have them share their stories about how they became the person that they are today, how they have learned to love themselves and accept themselves unconditionally. Um, because I think every one of us has some type of story. Um, and I think for my own personal journey, it has been so helpful, so freeing to hear from other people who have gone through similar things that I've gone through because it helps you feel not alone. Um, there were things that, you know, I felt like I couldn't even talk about with my own friends or family and just hearing that other people were going through those things or, or knew where I was coming from was just incredible. Um, and I think that we live in such a special time where we have access to so much more with the internet and we're able to share these things and who knows who might stumble upon this. Um, you know, this might not turn into anything, but I think that I, you know, I, I just think it's so important and if it can help anyone, um, feel less alone, I just think that that is really what I'm trying to do. Um, so who is this podcast for? I think if you're someone who is learning or on this journey, um, if you're struggling or feel like you could feel more confident about yourself, you could, you could love yourself more. Um, I think this is for you. I think anyone who's really interested in hearing about other people's journeys and struggles and how they've overcame them and, you know, maybe you'll take away some strategies, um, or maybe you'll just hear that you're not the only one and you'll know that you're not alone in whatever it is that you're dealing with, um, you know, whatever that may be. So today I figured this being the first episode of the podcast, I wanted to take some time to tell my own story and I'm going to do my best to keep this not super rambly. This week, I took a big step for me. Um, I've been working on, you know, developing, I think, the confidence and um, developing this ability to start speaking up and telling my own story um, and telling people in my life and 
the world just, you know, about what I've been through and what I believe and, um, you know, really opening up because I think that's something that I've had a really hard time doing in my life. And um, this week I took a pretty big step in posting on Instagram for International No Diet Day um, because for me, my story around self-love and self-acceptance is completely centered or, you know, I think the thing that has been my thing on this journey has been learning how to love myself when I have existed in a body that society tells you is ugly, it's lazy, it's unhealthy, um, you know, it's unruly, it doesn't fit in, it's not beautiful. Um, and I, at this point, just completely <laughs> reject those ideas because I just, it's so harmful. Um, I think the way that we base people's worth and their value in this society on what their body looks like um, and physical appearance is just so harmful. Um, and I think the thing that has always struck me as I've grown up, um, you know, for so long, I felt like I deserved to feel shitty. <laughs> I felt like it was normal that I didn't like myself because why should I? Like, why should I when I, when I'm fat? And, you know, how bad, that's such a bad thing. Like, you don't deserve to feel happy or to have these things or to be successful or to be in love. Like, it just felt so unattainable to for so long. Um, but I think the thing that has been shocking to me as an adult is, you know, meeting other people, especially other women, and realizing that, like, no matter who you are, I feel like there's still something about yourself physically that you probably don't like and that you probably are self-conscious about. Um, and I think on one hand, that's completely normal. We're all very hyper aware of ourselves um, just based on like the culture we live in. But it's also so heartbreaking to me, like seeing these people who you're like, you know, you see them, you you don't see these things wrong with them but you when you talk to them and you get to know them like you know that this is something that's really bothering them and really troublesome they feel that shame about it and so i think that was just always so um surprising but also just so sad to me is that like i never wanted my friends to feel bad about themselves and i think at a certain point as i got older and really frankly, was sick of hating myself um, and needed to kind of figure out a different way of being <laughs> that I could, you know, really kind of settle into. Um, these, th these thoughts and these topics around self-compassion and, you know, how am I talking to myself? Like, would I treat my friend this way? What would I say to my friend if, if they felt if they felt these feelings about themselves, about them, about their bodies and like, not just what they thought about their body, but like what those things really meant. Cause I think that's where the harm was really deeply felt was like those beliefs of like, I'm not good enough. And those manifested, I feel like, in all these different parts of my life, um, at this subconscious level. 
and made me, you know, so self-conscious. It, it, it came off as, you know, not being very confident, even though I worked insanely hard to try to pretend like I was, um, you know, it was, it's something that I think is so insidious. And if you don't take the time to really build up that foundation of self-love and it's not just something you build up and then you're good. Like this is truly something you have to practice every single day and you're, you're confronted constantly (laughs) with those old voices in your head. You're confronted with external things that could trigger those thoughts or can kind of set you off and, or challenge those views. Um, so I, it's truly a practice and something that I think takes a lot of time to really believe and see the impact. But as someone who's been working on those things for the past year, um, I can tell you it's life-changing. So yeah, I think for me, my story with this all really begins being young, being a kid, um, and like from an early age, just knowing that I was different from other people because of my body and feeling like I couldn't wear two piece bathing suits because my body didn't look good in them. I had to cover up. Um, I couldn't wear certain clothes, um, you know, all the things that <laughs> I think culture tells you. And you just, I just internalized a lot of that at a young age and, I didn't, you know, you're a kid, you don't know any better. You you don't think to question, like, where is that coming from? Why should I believe that? Like, why do I need to do that? What's going to happen if I don't? Like, that's just not things that go through your mind when you're little. Um, and I think because of those things, um, when I was younger, you know, I went on a bunch of different diets. Um, and I remember being both, like, Like, it was a secret thing that I was, like, going to Weight Watchers or Diet Center. I felt a lot of shame. I kind of did it in private. Um, And I, as as much as I wanted to just fit in and be normal and not have people make fun of me or, like, not feel that feeling of, like, you don't, you don't fit in, um... I had a really hard time with, with diets and like, I couldn't stick with them and it was really hard for me to change. Um, and so that I think just made everything (laughs) a lot worse because, um, it felt like it, it just felt impossible. Like it felt like the only way that my life would get better, that I would feel better about myself is, when if I got thin and if I lost weight and like that was out of anything in life like that was like goal number one for so long um like the primary thing that I wanted was just to be thin and just to just to have that because I thought that that would unlock so much more happiness in my life Um, and I thought that would truly solve all my problems. And, um, obviously that's not true. That's a bunch of bullshit. Um, but again, you don't know better. And I think that belief is so dangerous because you feel like you have this false hope of like, 
if only I try a little bit harder, like this will be the time that it's all going to get better. And I just need to stick with it. I need to like write down everything I eat. I need to track my points. I need to exercise. Um, you know, you, you feel like it was like this feeling of like, it's all in my hands and I can do this. But then at the same time, that feeling of like, can I do this? Like, is this going to work? Like, is this going to work long-term? Um, and so, yeah, I think for a lot of my life, like I would just go through these cycles of being either hyper-focused on what I was eating and like hyper-controlling of everything. And the, um, and, and like the amount of brain space that that took up is truly astounding. I was so self-centered and like it, (laughs) it was all, it was just so consuming. It's all I ever fucking thought about. Um, and I think at a certain point, eventually it became too much. Like it was just too much to mentally have my brain operating at that type of pace where I was like, not only concerned with what I was eating and if I was exercising enough, but just that like part of your brain, which is hyper aware of like how your body looks at all moments, what, what you look like in different clothes. Like, are people looking at you? Are they talking about you? Are they going to say something to you? Um, I think all those things put together, it's so hard to operate that way. And then on top of that, live your life outside and with people. Um, when all of that stuff's going on internally in your mind, like the talk track in my mind never turned off and it was, it was exhausting. Um, and so I think that like, I would go through those cycles of like being really bought into those talk tracks and being like, yep, this is what I need to do. And like, I'm going to do it this time and it's going to work. And then when it would, when I would get frustrated, I would just go into the complete opposite where I would just completely disassociate from myself and because it just became too much and I couldn't do it. It was, it was just too much for me to do. Um, and I didn't, you know, it was hard for me to like feel connected to my body because it was something that I felt so much shame around that when I wasn't in control of it, I like couldn't handle being in it because it was, it's just something I didn't think I could do. And when you, when you really like carry that much self-loathing around, like you don't care about taking care of yourself. You don't, you don't, you can't even think about it because you don't believe that you deserve it. Um, and that's really hard. Um, so I think like in high school, that's, I went through different periods in high school where, uh, I just completely like, you know, went to that other side of the pendulum of like, I'm just going to check out for a little while and live my life and like do things, but you know, not even like just try not to even acknowledge that you're fat and like, you know, maybe if you don't acknowledge it, no one else will. And, um, I, I think like at this point in my life, I'm like, I can't go on any longer not talking about it because it feels like something that other people, like I, you know, I don't know this, but like, I don't want people to project things onto me anymore. Like I want to talk about how I feel and what I've gone through and 
just how stark of a difference there is in my own daily life between the person who I was when I was really bought into this idea of like the only way to be happy in life is to be skinny versus the person I am today who is not seeking to lose weight intentionally and is just trying to take care of myself and to, you know, to practice that self-love and self-compassion and actually like giving a shit about myself. (laughs) Um, In the Instagram post I posted this week, I talked a little bit about how at the end of 2016, I had found out about the keto diet and I ended up losing a substantial amount of weight on the keto diet. And now four years later, um, you know, I've gained a lot of that weight back. And I think that's such an important part to the story because I think that when I went to the keto diet, it was like one of the most simultaneously hopeful, um, but also desperate times. Like I remember it was December of 2016 and I remember spending all this time researching keto on YouTube, on, you know, different blogs, on Reddit. Like I was just reading and consuming and absorbing as much information as I could because keto is not like a traditional, you know, calories in, calories out diet where, you know, they tell you eat in moderation and exercise and whatever. Um, This was something where you, I had, I completely changed how I was eating and it actually physiologically changes in your body, what your body processes for food, um, for energy rather. So what I mean by that is, you know, typically for folks who follow a standard American diet, um, you eat, and if you think about the food pyramid, which that's a whole other rabbit hole. But if you think about the food pyramid, they suggest like several, several servings of grains and, and carbs per day. Um, and so as a result, your body burns glucose to power your body and to give you energy. And when you eat in a ketogenic diet, what your body shifts to is it shifts to burning fat for fuel insanely strict and I was used to going on strict diets right like I was used to I was used to restricting what I ate and um you know being hyper aware of what I was eating and how much and weighing things like you know I I had done the whole nine before this um but this when I was going into it like it was even more intense than I thought So when you shift to a keto diet, uh, one of the reasons why it kind of took me a few days and weeks to really research it is because you go through this period of time called, they call it like the keto flu, where your body is adapting to this new way of eating and you get headaches, your brain is really, you know, your mind's really cloudy, your stomach gets all messed up, your digestion, like it's just not good for a few days, um, And so it's like a commitment. Like you don't just like switch back and forth after eating this way. Like you can't just like, 
eat keto and then kind of go back to eating whatever, like you have to commit to it and really get into this mode. And it takes days and days and days when you first start to enter into ketosis. But I was super committed. I was like, you know what? This is the time I'm going to do it. Like Catherine, like get your shit together. You're going to do it this time. It's going to be the time I like felt ready mentally to like enter into it and to do it. Um, and I did, like, I got so, so, so into it. And I have a lot of conflicting feelings around keto because, like, I don't think it's all bad. I just think that for me, it's not a sustainable way of eating for the rest of my life just because of how strict it was. And I think I also approached it in such a way where, um, you know, in some ways, like, I think that it did help me learn a lot about health and helped me learn about my own well-being and when I feel good and helped me learn more about my body and the way it worked and how to fuel it but um when I was doing it my number one goal the primary thing that I was looking for was just to make my body smaller that was all I really wanted I did not care I didn't care about really anything else. Um, and I just got so hooked into this cycle of like, if I eat less than 25 grams of net carbs a day, if I drink my water, um, if I do my intermittent fasting, like my weight's going to go down. And I had this scale in my room at my old apartment and a notepad, like a legal notepad next to my bed And every single morning I would get up and I would pee, brush my teeth, and then I'd weigh myself and I'd write down what I weighed and I'd write down the date. And when I was doing this very strictly, like I was seeing those results like instantly. So I think that that was very motivating and encouraging. Um, And I could see that like what I was eating or not eating (laughs) would directly impact the number that I saw. And I think that was just such a like you know, it was psychologically, you know, someone who had failed at weight loss her entire fucking life. I was like, look at me do this. Like, holy shit, this is working. It's working. Um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And, you know, about three months in, like I had lost maybe 20 pounds and um, my hair started like thinning and I felt like there was more hair coming out in the shower and like it scared the shit out of me. Um, I have always had really thick hair, so I was really worried that something was wrong with me. And that was a side effect of just really limiting the amount of food that I was eating and my body changing so drastically in such a short amount of time. And I think it also was just me not eating enough diverse foods that were giving my body the vitamins, minerals, nutrients that it needed to, you know, grow my hair. Kind of crazy side effect of it. But there were a lot of good ones. Like I felt very mentally clear and I felt like I had a lot of energy. I I remember like, you know, telling telling people, telling my friends like, oh my God, I can do this forever. Like this is the best. I don't really feel like I'm restricting myself, but like now looking back on it, I'm like, oh my God, like I kind of replaced all the, you know, all the, the talk tracks in my head. Like they just shifted into a new 
a new form, right? Like I was not as concerned about tracking calories or like, you know, whatever diet I'd been on in the past, like this time it just became all about carbs. But like, I felt like I was being healthy and I felt like I was doing the right things. Um, but it was completely all consuming. And by the time it became summer of 2017, I had lost 40, 50 pounds at that point in like six, seven months. Like it was fast. Um, and people were starting to notice and I didn't notice anything. I would look at myself and I couldn't see change. Um, it was really bizarre. And I remember having this sense of like dissonance, like looking at that fucking legal pad, <laughs> looking at every single day written out and what I weighed and seeing the trend, you know, I logged it in my fitness pal and like seeing the graph, just showing my weight go down. And I would look at that and be like, Oh my God, look at that. But then I would look at my own self and look at my own body. And like, I didn't see what I wanted to see. And I think that what that signaled to me is that like the problem wasn't ever my body the problem what was my mind and what I was telling myself um and at that point you know there were weeks that went by where I was like completely miserable and it was so painful to deal with this feeling of like I'm doing what I thought that I had to do to feel better about myself and I don't like I don't feel better about myself and there's something else going on here that I need to deal with um and I think that that is just so important for people to know is that like you know we we say to ourselves oh we have all these problems with our physical appearance but and if only I was a little bit thinner if only you know, this was smaller or bigger or flatter or whatever, like then I'd be good. I'd feel good. Um, and that's not it. That's just what we tell ourselves. That's just like the excuse we make, but the problem is never our bodies and what we look like. Um, and I, at that point, after having like a rough month over that summer, um, I started, I went, I started, I went to my first therapy appointment and started talking about my life up until that point and, you know, just dealt with a lot of stuff that I hadn't dealt with. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of what I talked about when I first started going to therapy was like this, again, the dissonance of like intellectually knowing that. I shouldn't hate myself. I should love myself. I should have confidence in myself. I should do all these things. Um, But like not knowing how to change those beliefs and really trying hard to unlearn patterns that I've told myself in all of those years of telling myself, like you're, you failed, like you're never going to be happy unless you get skinny. You're never going to have this. You're, you don't deserve to do that. You don't deserve to have this. You can't do this until you lose weight. All of that stuff took me a really, really, really long time to just reprogram in my own brain. Um, and I'm just so grateful that I've taken the time to do that because me now, um, you know, about three years later, um, going to therapy for like 
a year and a half, two years of the last three years, that has been, it's just shocking, like how different I am now and, and how much better and easier life feels. Um, not, that's not to say that like I have all of my shit together and that it's perfect. I'm still most definitely on this journey. And, and again, like it's a practice. It's not something you just like do one day and then you're set. You have to do it every single day. Um, but it is, you know, I think I feel, I feel like I've gotten through a lot of those things and, and the unlearning has been so hard. Um, and there were times and there were a lot of times where I thought that like, I would never do it and I wouldn't know how. Um, but I truly think that talking about it helps so, so much. And the fact that I'm sitting here today at my kitchen table alone in quarantine and talking to my phone about this, um, is like insane growth for me as someone who all those years ago never, ever, ever would have acknowledged these feelings and, and again, just accepted them. I just accepted that I would always feel that way and that I deserve to. Um, and it, and it, and I think the thing in my own personal journey, I think the thing that always strikes me is when I feel like I make any type of progress with my, with, within my relationship to myself. And, you know, the more I'm able to forgive myself, the more I'm able to tell myself it's going to be okay and give myself permission to accept where my body is at right now and eat what I want to eat and, you know, trust really like developing that sense of trust that like, you know, what's best for you. And, and every time I make some sort of stride or progress and feel that like up leveling, there's two things I think that happen. Like one is that I just feel so much more free as a human. Like, I just feel like this mental weight has been taken off of me. And it's like that, that feeling is, it's just such a great feeling. Like the things that have weighed you down in your mind, um, you don't notice it until it's gone. And then you're like, holy shit, I, I have so much more space available to me in my mind to think about things to help the world and to, you know, have more ideas at work or, um, you know, to have ideas like this podcast. Like these are things I never, ever would have had the time to think about because I was so trapped in this world of like, get up. Am I going to have a good eating day? Am I going to fuck it up and eat something bad? Quote unquote at lunch. Like that is, that was the world I lived in and it, it was miserable Um, but outside of that freedom, I think every time I've up leveled (laughs) with that sense of self love and selfish, like acceptance, like there have been great ripple effects in every other part of my life. And I truly believe that like, if you do this work and you work on yourself, um, and you take the time for yourself, you're going to see that pay dividends to other parts of your life. Like you are going to get better at work. You're going to feel more confident. You are going to compare yourself to other people less. You are going to, you know, 
you are going to do things because you believe that you're really worth doing those things for. You're going to exercise not just because you ate something that you want to burn off. You're going to exercise because you, it makes you feel good. And you want yourself to feel good because you want your, you want to feel good. (laughs) Um, You're going to, you know, when you, when you have friendships and, and date, like you're going to want to be with people who respect you and who care about you and that are good enough for you, not just worrying if you're good enough for them. Um, And so I think that like, for me, that's what makes me so passionate about this topic is that like, for so long, I thought that it was just about, I was so trapped in my body. And I had thought that like, the key to making my life better was just making my body smaller. But the truth is just making me better and and having this sense of security and, and just letting myself be instead of trying to change or fit into some unattainable mold that I'm never going to ever fit into. Um, that has been so incredibly freeing and that has helped me to get closer to this life that I want to get to. And I think that I, you know, I want other people to feel that same way. Um, so yeah, I think that for now, there's probably a million other things I could talk about, but I think for now that's a good, a good start. Um, I'm looking forward to having my first guest on the podcast and uh, we'll be sharing episodes with you all. Thank you so, so, so much for tuning in Um, and I hope you have a really great rest of your day, rest of your week, and we will talk soon.